Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35. It says, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to say the word persevere. Persevere. Come on, look at the person next to you and say it with some feeling. Persevere. It's a very important concept. Now, if you're a South Sydney Rugby League fan, and I know we have at least one devoted supporter... You will know all about persevering, about being patient, about maintaining confidence. South Sydney um, Rugby League, as you may know, are the perennial underdogs in the national competition. One of the founding teams, but they were uh, not in the main competition for some years and had to fight very hard to get back into the top comp. Now, last weekend, uh, if you're a sports fan, you probably know about this news. If not, then you'll be educated and blessed in the next few moments. Uh, how they uh, really showed how never giving up and persevering can really pay off. They faced up to the mighty St George Dragons. Now, they uh, St George are playing under Super Coach Wayne Bennett. Um, they were last year's champions. Uh, they were playing to a packed home crowd, and uh, after only 18 minutes, St George led uh, 20-0, which is a big enough score that you can assume they're going to go on and win the game considering especially who their team is in the competition as opposed to South, way down here. And, uh, in fact, the newspaper report talked about this. It said the barely, sorry, the match was barely a quarter of the way through. Security staff at the stadium reported that some South Sydney fans were already beginning to leave in disgust because their team was so far down. You know. And the coach, John Wang, described it, uh, he said, sorry, the coach John Lang was considered was considering pulling the plug on his coaching career six weeks earlier than was scheduled. He was due to resign from this position. But he said, right then and there, I felt like resigning. Uh, he was asked later, you know, how he felt at the time. He said, oh, I'm not joking. I thought, honestly, if we can't play any better than this, I better get out of the way. It's time for me to move on. So he was absolutely devastated. And then an amazing thing happened. They had this incredible comeback. They scored in the last 44 minutes of the game, they scored four tries, uh, five tries, I think, and um, ended up winning the game 34 to 24, which was considered an amazing comeback. And in fact, in the same newspaper, Phil Gould, uh, expert coach and analyst, called it a miracle. Here's the headline. Miracles do happen. Believe me, I saw one. He said... The dictionary defines the word miracle as an event that appears inexplicable by the laws of nature and is so held to be supernatural in origin or as an act of God. He said, not even these well-chosen words describe what happened the other day at Wind Stadium at Wollongong. <laughs> South City Trouble, Mice and George Dragons, 20 nil, only to outscore their more illustrious rivals. You know, It was more than a miracle. We all know miracles happen, but this should never have happened. I could never have believed it. I didn't see it. If I, 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 he's just going on and on. He, could, he said, I've seen comebacks and upsets before, but I've never witnessed anything like this. So, again, if you're a South Sydney fan, you'll be just cheering. Although, for all I know, they probably got walloped this weekend. But, you know, for at least that 
Um, oh, not yet. All right, he's playing this Blake's team. Yeah. The thing is, comebacks do happen, and uh, comebacks uh, can occur. And it's uh, fun to see them on the sporting field, but even greater are comebacks that can happen in real life, in your life, where against all the odds, uh, you can have something come to fruition, a dream come true, a victory when it didn't seem likely. And as that scripture we just read, it said you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. So we're not just talking about a football game. We're talking about the will of God, whatever that is for your life. You want to be able to persist and see it happen. And it, and it does happen. And it's awesome when someone holds onto a dream until it finally becomes a reality, when people get together and fight for a cause against opposition and obstacles and difficulties and eventually achieve something great. When, when patience and, and perseverance and persistence pay off, and the will of God is achieved in people's lives. And God wants you to have that comeback quality in your heart, to stay confident and to keep expecting to win, even if you are 20 points down, even if you are playing away from home and the crowd is against you, even if your own supporters are walking out on you like these guys have. We need to be confident of good and godly outcomes in our lives, and we need to be able to persevere at what God has called us to do. Amen? There, you can go home now. Uh, no, no, I've got a few more words to say on the same subject. Romans chapter 5, come with me there. Uh, go back a few books if you're in the book of Hebrews. And we come to Romans 5. And it says this in verse 2. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. There's another good word, hope. We've been talking about faith, hope and love lately. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So notice the word perseverance, but also notice that word hope mentioned three times. It says we have hope that we'll see God one day in all his glory. Secondly, it says, our hope is never going to be disappointed if it's directed towards Jesus because we receive the Holy Spirit. We get his encouragement. We, we have him in our hearts giving us love and support and, and, and a sense of hope. But also notice the connection there between hope and perseverance. It says, we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character produces hope. So there's a, a continuation that if you can persevere, hope is a product of that perseverance. They work together. You can, you can get hope produced out of perseverance because if you're hanging in there, you'll hang in there long enough to hear stories of someone else who went through the same trial you're going through and that should give you hope. You'll be around long enough if you don't pack it in to give the Holy Spirit room to lift your spirits and have hope. Yeah. And they work together in that if you've got hope, you'll stay buoyant and fresh and strong and have the energy to persevere. So they're good companions, and we need to we need to have both. We we're not talking about perseverance. It's not just a grit your teeth, suck it up, and suffer, and just carry on through the misery of life. That's not a godly kind of perseverance. That's that's just doing it tough. Uh, godly perseverance has this hope mixed into it. You've got energy and, and impetus and buoyancy in your heart, in your life, not just a you know a sense of, of tough misery. 
And, and so we have this sense where I'm going to carry on. If, if you're in a situation where things are tough, you want to hear this today. I know this is a word from God for some people here today, that you don't just, as I said, suck it up and put your head down and plod along, but that you actually have this confidence, this sense of hope. We're going to win. I'm going to get there. Eventually things are going to work out for good and for God's glory, regardless of the current situation or trials and tribulation. And you know what? Jesus did this. When he was on earth, of course the Son of God, Jesus, you know, we know he's going to win. We expect him to win. He, he's used to being victorious. Uh, if he played for South, they'd be bound to win. Even if he had a quiet game in the first half like they did the other day. Of course, Jesus doesn't play for South. He doesn't play for any football team. He doesn't even barrack for South. You should know, of course, he barracks for Manly. I'm sure the Lord has told you that in the quiet place in your prayer closet as he has to me. Important things, when you're really pressing into God and the Holy Spirit whispers into your heart. Anyway, back to the Bible. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, For this reason the Son of God was manifest. He appeared to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came to beat the devil, to win, to have victory over the devil. He's into competition. He's into winning. And yet that victory that he got over the devil, over death, not just for himself but for all of us, it didn't come easily. It only came because he persevered. Think about it. You watch that film, The, the Passion of the Christ, and you read the Gospel accounts of the last few days of his earthly ministry and life and the, the tenacity and the, the perseverance and the, the, the passion that he had to have to carry the mission right through, to not pack it in, call the angels in, just smite them all and pull out at the last minute. He had to go through the humiliation, the beatings, the torture and finally the death on the cross. And that was the only way possible for us to be forgiven and for him to be raised from the dead and to prove that victory over death. But he had to go right through. And, and again, he didn't do it just with his head down. The Bible tells us, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He, he knew there's, hey, there's, there's joy, there's victory, there's hope here. And so he was able to look forward to that victory. He kept his hope and his confidence up. He patiently persevered throughout his ordeal because he had this spirit of a champion. I'm going to win. I'm going to get through. And, uh, you know, a, a champion uh, expects to win, uh, even if the circumstances don't support it. They, they persevere when times are tough. They, they maintain hope when the situation seems hopeless. And, and you know what? That is you. Because the Bible says you are more than a conqueror. You know that passage, Romans chapter 8? It's just a conqueror. That sounds good. I'm a conqueror. Hey, you're more than a conqueror. And in that same passage, it says nothing can separate you from the love of God. So you've got the source of the confidence to be conquering. It's not just you and yourself. It's not just, you know, I'm good at business. Like Simon was saying, I'm good. I'm not that good. <laughs> he attributes his business success not just to his own skills, but to the Lord. And you can attribute your ongoing success in life, not just to your abilities, not just to your own sense of, oh, I'll be strong and tough. No, God's love is going to set me right. It's going to help me and, and lift me and, and, and encourage me to, to keep going. And in fact, the same passage, Romans chapter 8 again, if you read that chapter, it'll say, um, 
at one point, if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, if, if God is for you, it doesn't matter what the obstacles are, you're going to win. It, it doesn't, you just got to, you know, you're on the winning team. And so all you've got to do is stay out on the playing field rather than pack it up and take your ball and run home to mother and, and, and run away, which is sadly what some people do. Whatever it may be, a situation where God's called you to stay in that relationship with forgiveness, to keep working at that plan, that business idea or that ministry or that calling you've got or that career or to stick at those studies and get that qualification, whatever it might be. Because, who knows, sometimes things happen quickly and wonderfully and miraculously. Isn't that awesome? The door just opens and you get that promotion or you get that blessing or you get that breakthrough. But then there's the other times, many other times, when things don't seem to happen as quickly as we would like. This seems to be the stuff of life, that we have a, a dream and it's just not fulfilled yet. And this is when persistence needs to kick in. Things do take longer than we'd like, but it's not all bad. You want to, you know, buy something that costs a lot of money. You're better off saving over time to get the money rather than just grab plastic credit money that isn't yours anyway and then pay it off years and years later. And some things uh, do take time that are worth waiting around for. You know, you might have a, a, a great dream for a career, but you're going to have to study and work and develop your skills until you can get that great position that you're aiming for. Sometimes in prayer, there's a lot of prayer and intercession and spiritual battle to see that miracle, that healing, that breakthrough come to bear. And so we need to be able to persist and, and, uh, and, and, and have patience. I just read the other day about a guy, Alan Beeman. He was sentenced to jail for murder in the US. But he was innocent. He knew he was innocent. He knew he didn't do it. And he said, I didn't do it. It was an ex-girlfriend who had been tragically murdered. And there were circumstances that suggested that he was a suspect, the chief suspect, and things developed. He ended up getting convicted. And he's like, I didn't do it. Yes, we had our fights and differences, aha, you know, and all this sort of... He, he said, I was hundreds of miles away. He couldn't prove it, and so he went to jail. But he wanted to fight for his freedom, and so he appealed. And the appeal was rejected. And uh, no one believed in him except his parents, and he got some lawyers at a place called the Centre for Wrongful Convictions. And they looked at the evidence and they got behind him and said, no, we believe you, we'll help you. But as I said, he appealed and his appeal was rejected. And he appealed again and again and again. Four times he appealed, four times he was rejected. He could have just given up and thought, well, that's it. I'm going to stay in jail. The fifth time they finally found some evidence that supported his alibi, that he really was hundreds of kilometres away from where the murder took place. And finally, after 13 years in jail, he was released. And it was interesting in the article, he said this, I had to stay hopeful. And I thought, there's that word hope. It wasn't a matter of just waiting. He had to wait with hope. You know, and that's the godly kind of persistence and patience and perseverance that we need to have. A hopeful persistence. A hopeful kind of patience. And... Um, you know, there are other stories you may have heard similar to that where people have been imprisoned wrongfully and yet eventually they're released if they can keep working at proving their innocence and they have other people that stand by them, support them. 
And that's very much a community of faith around that person, a community of hope. And that's, that's the calling of the church, that for each one of us we are there at different times. I look around and I see people who have had tragedies like we heard over uh, a little while ago, Erin talking about losing her baby, and yet people came around. We went at one stage, I remember we paid them to have a, a holiday and we had a whole team of people came and cleaned up that they wanted to sell their house and we did this massive big you know, clean up around the house. And, uh, and so that's a community of love and faith and hope around people. And, uh, and that guy needed it, even though he had just a few, just to help him keep going, knowing that one day things are going to be made right, justice is going to be served. And maybe you felt imprisoned, so to speak, by circumstances and, and you're, you're crying out for a breakthrough or for freedom. Well, this is the right place because you've got a community of people who will stand with you, pray with you, believe with you, give you hope. And uh, if things have not worked out, if things just don't seem fair or they've taken too long, then just use that time to stay patient, but to also stay hopeful, you know, to press into God. Listen to the dictionary definition of perseverance. Perseverance is a steadfast pursuit of some course of action or purpose in spite of opposition, obstacles or difficulties. (laughs) That sounds like life sometimes, doesn't it? A steadfast pursuit of a course of action in spite of opposition, obstacles or difficulties. Sometimes we have that. But it's good to have something that you are pursuing, something that you are steadfast about, and to actually have opposition. To have some, you know, you need some degree of tension and stress and challenge in life to really help you live your best life, to live on the cutting edge. To, if, you, if you don't have a pursuit then you're going nowhere. If you're not pursuing something, you're wandering, you're drifting. You've got, to, you've got to aim somewhere. You've got to be going for something. We need something that stretches us. We need some obstacles to build our strength, to get over them, some difficulties to challenge us, to get the very best out of ourselves. If you settle for whatever is just easy or comfortable, then you are not going to live at your full potential. And let me say this, if the devil is not rattled by your life, then there's something missing. He's got you just where he wants you, really. You're not on the playing field. You're on the sidelines. You're doing no damage to the opposition. Young Sam here does a lot of damage to the opposition. He's quite big, and so he's enjoyed rugby league. For some kids, they might be shaped for hockey or soccer. This kid was born a front row forward. And, uh, you know, I think he came out of the womb with his, with, you know, an imaginary football under his arm and his hand out like this, palming the nurse, get out of my way, you know. Uh, and when he went to kindergarten, you know, the, the first thing he thought of was just those kids are just 10-pin bowling pins to be pushed down, you know, have to teach him to, you know, actually pick up a pen rather than just a football. You know, he, so uh, why am I saying that? Uh, he, he's, he's enjoying being, it would be a shame if he wasn't on the field he doesn't enjoy just watching he wants to get out there he said this morning, oh yeah I got tackled there's a great big hole in the ground that was my noggin, hit in the ground you know? <laughs> he said, well I got up though I kept going and his dad said, yeah, you bet you got up and said, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just saw on Facebook this morning my son who also loves his rugby so much that he said um he said, uh, swallowing stitches from inside your mouth can lead to gagging on the football field. 
just thought I'd let people know. So he's just had an operation on wisdom teeth, but nothing like having a week off. That's you know, why have a week off when you can get out there and have your mouth ripped open again? So you know, some guys are built for that kind of sporting aggression. Well, we're all built for some kind of playing field. That may not appeal to you to bash your noggin in the ground and put a big ditch and you know. But we're all built to be on some kind of playing field and not just sit on the sideline, sidelines, yeah? And, um, and so we need to ask ourselves, you know, it's good to ask, hey, what, you know, and what I, is what I'm doing with my life glorifying God? Is this really pleasing God? You know, it's a good check kind of question to ask. But you could also ask, is what I'm doing with my life freaking the devil out? Because it really should be. Not just, is the devil happy because I'm really not ruffling his feathers or being any challenge to him. I need to be doing something. I need to be persisting at something that the devil doesn't want me to do. The devil would like you to give up on something. What is that? Praying to that person, that loved one, keep, you know, witnessing to that person, hanging on to that dream, ministering in that area, building the church, serving God, contributing, being part of something great believing for a breakthrough, there are things that we need to stick at that will bring glory to God and, as I said, freak the devil out. And conversely, you want to make sure that you're not living a life that is pleasing the devil but not pleasing God because you're not persisting at something. And get this, we're not talking about just persisting at something trivial, something good and godly. Galatians 6.9, you may have heard this verse. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Did you hear that? That is a great promise. Don't become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. That's a great promise. To carry on, to believe for that harvest. It's going to come. Do not become weary. Don't give up. Don't you know, stay, stay fresh, stay strong. But notice, become weary in what? Don't become weary in doing good. Not just doing whatever feels good, or doing something selfish, or doing something trivial or pathetic, doing something good, doing something meaningful. Not, you know, I'm going to persist at getting a thousand friends on Facebook. That's the last thing I do. That's my goal in life. You know? I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, I remember preaching about something I saw on Saturday afternoon on one of the sports channels, and it was the World Hot Dog Eating Championships. you remember? And... and um, and I, I remember just being struck at the passion of this whole thing. And they were on, it was on the sports show, and they had these guys with a Japanese guy and an American guy in the final. And they weren't just passionate. The commentators were passionate. The commentators had a whole language. And I remember one phrase. Uh, Throat they were power. talking. Uh, Throat power. You got the... <laughs> and they were going on. The commentators saying, oh, they're in the final now. And, you know, Chuck, massive... Stomach or whatever his name was from America and Nakajakadagi from Japan and they're going at it and they said he's got this he said oh he's got awesome throat power and I just thought that is a classic they've got the whole language they've got stats and they were they were just so into it and it was just eating hot dogs now I'm not having a go at them although just a little bit but but I'm I'm just saying God bless them I just hope they've got a day job. The commentators and the hot dog eaters, so that they've actually got some passion and focus of something good that isn't just getting bigger on hot dogs. You know, that they've actually got a pursuit in life that goes beyond breaking a 
Guinness Book of Records for some obscure eating, you know, challenge. And so we should have something that we're pursuing that is good and godly. And let me say this, sometimes things are actually much better if they take longer. I know know you don't want to hear that because you just think, no, 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 no. I know it would be better if I could just get that now. I want to get married now. I want the money now. I want the job now. I want the breakthrough now. But you know what? Sometimes some things are better when they take longer. Listen to Proverbs 20, verse 21. An inheritance gained quickly at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. I've seen that happen, literally, with financial inheritances. More than once, people who have actually received an inheritance early in their life. I know one man was given a house for his, for his, as a wedding present. As the worst thing could have happened to him. You might think, wow, I'm, I'm getting married. I'd, I'd like a house. Well, I don't have a spare house to give you, Bob. Just telling you now. And even if I did, can't have it. Truly, I remember this guy. He didn't have a great work ethic as it is, and suddenly he just had no need to work. He could get by. He'd have to pay rent for a mortgage. He was just cruising. And it didn't help him, and it didn't help his marriage, and his marriage didn't survive, and he ended up just drifting. And just He needed to have to work. He needed something to focus at. And I remember another man came from a very wealthy family, and he was always chopping and changing, looking at different careers, and had no drive or vision, no need to work, it seemed. And it, so there's an example where, much as we'd like a whole pot of money early on in our life, it's good. And you hear some wise, rich people will often say, I'm not giving my kids a huge inheritance. Warren Buffett, I think I mentioned recently, how he said he's not going to leave massive amounts of money to his kids. One of the richest men in the whole world wants his kids to have to grow and learn and develop their skills and earn their own living. And that principle applies not just to getting money, but to a lot of things in life where it's actually good for us when we have a pursuit and when it doesn't all happen all too quickly. You know, you appreciate things a lot better, don't you, when you have to wait for for a while. Um, 21 years ago today, our firstborn son, the one with the rugby uh, mouth uh, stitches, uh, he was born 21 years ago today, Hudson's 21st. He's uh, skiing uh, today and just texted me and said, God's given me an awesome powder birthday present. It's just uh, a great snow down there. And um, But I can remember, wow, leading up to uh, him being, Ruth wanted a baby, and uh, she was working uh, when we first got married, but she was very happy to stop working and have a baby. And it was like, man, I'm just wanting this baby, you know, and it seemed like every month was 10 years. And so, you know, but finally when that baby comes, you know, it's awesome. It's very exciting. Uh, in fact, 10 years ago this week, we moved into a new house. Um, and we had this nice block of land in Lizaro, and we had this nice house plan, and we planned and saved and looked forward to it and got with the designers and had it all ready, and the builders started, and then he went bust. And uh, they had the frame up, and it was known as like the ghost house derelict old-looking, terrible, baggy thing in Lizaro. And it just sat there for months and months and months while the insurance company didn't do anything, hoping that we'd just give up or go away or pay for the money to finish it ourselves. And uh, it was very trying and testing. We, you know, most home contracts supposed to go for, what, you know, 16 weeks or whatever. It was more like 16 months and nothing was getting done. Uh, but God works all things together for good. We ended up 
um, with, well, we had one summer in the, the, the hothouse just up the road here, only half a mile away. The hot, I can point to you the single hottest dwelling in the universe. It's not far from here. It's a very hot summer. And, you know, we all lost about 18 kilos. And it was just amazing. Just in sweat. It was terribly hot. And, that, and, and we were only renting this little place thinking, oh, it's only going to be for a few months before we move into our new house. And the bill went fast. It's like, ah, well, we had friends. A wonderful property in Terrigal on acreage with a swimming pool right near the beach. And they said, come and live here. And uh, you can pay us whatever rent you like. And when the insurance company started paying the rent, we just jacked the rent, rent up. And so the insurance company paid them a great rent, which they promptly put into their church building fund. And so we lived there not having to pay for it, had the acreage experience with the kids, running around, playing in the mud, riding their bikes, jogged to the beach. It was awesome. And then when we finally got into our house, man, did we appreciate it. It took a couple of years rather than a couple of months, but it was wonderful just to have that little longer than we would have liked and along the way having a great experience and God worked it out. And so I want to encourage you, uh, you know, if you're in the middle of that struggle or situation where things, you know, the door seems to have slammed shut or things aren't happening as quickly as you'd like, to take heart, to persist, to have patience, to keep on keeping on, to stay confident in your perseverance and be hopeful. Let me read again. Don't become weary in doing good. For at the right time, the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So don't give up. Keep on doing good. And one more time, the scripture I read right at the beginning. Listen to this again. Don't throw away your confidence. <laughs> I remember Pastor Phil saying, throw it away. I haven't got any. <laughs> so, well, find some confidence first and then hang on to it. Don't throw it away. Because it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. So what is the will of God? Find out. Hang on to it. Persevere. And believe. And we'll believe with you. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au God bless you.